Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. This is episode 60. Concussion Talk Podcast is presented by HeadCheck Health. HeadCheck Health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. Okay, it's April 1st, 2020, and we have a very topical podcast today, and I also have my first co-host, and uh, if you want to find out more about my co-host, you can listen to or visit episode 56. In the meantime, though, here's Charlotte to talk about herself and introduce our guest. Great. Thanks, Nick. Um, I'm Charlie Skinner, and as Nick mentioned, I uh, spoke with him in the Concussion Talk podcast on episode 56 called Attitude After Brain Injury. I sustained a brain injury in September 2018 and have been living with a brain injury and chronic illness as a result of it ever since. So I'm currently dealing with recovery and treatment and all those kinds of things. So um, we're coming together today to talk about the issue of self-isolation, physical distancing, and brain injury in the context of the pan- global pandemic of coronavirus. Um, we're very lucky today to have Michelle McDonald with us, who is the Executive Director of Brain Injury Canada, um, to talk more about it. So, Michelle, I wondered, could you introduce yourself and briefly describe what you do with Brain Injury Canada? Sure. Thank you, Nick and Charlie, for having me. Um, and thanks for all the work that you both are doing to raise awareness and education about brain injury. Uh, So as you said, I'm the executive director of Brain Injury Canada. Um, I started in this role in 2017 and have been working with the board and um, board of directors and the staff and volunteers to to grow the organization and reach revenue and impact. Um, I've been working in the brain injury sector for over 10 years um, at both the local level as the executive director of the Brain Injury Society of Toronto, which is a community association in Toronto and now at the national level. I live in Ottawa and uh, with my kids, my husband and my dog and my cat. Amazing. Well, it's great to have you. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to get your perspective, um, given your experience from all sorts of different levels of working with brain injury. Um, essentially, it's pretty clear that we're living in a very unprecedented time as our global um 
global situation. Um, the whole world is facing isolation. A large proportion of the world's government have enforced very strict guidelines for staying at home and no social contact. Um, but this is something I think that brain injury, people with brain injury are quite uh, familiar with. It's, isolation is, is something that we're very used to, um, particularly in the, the perhaps early earlier stages of recovery. Um, uh, and obviously, some people will live with with it for the rest of their lives. So um, it would be good today to talk about a combination of issues, including how to cope with isolation, how this kind of situation affects people with brain injury, and what we can do as a community to help raise awareness of brain injury and the support for those most in need, particularly in this um, this very unprecedented uh, global situation. So I wondered firstly, Michelle, if you could talk a bit about how the um, isolation affects people with brain injury, more specifically in terms of the global context of the, of the coronavirus pandemic. And then, um, more specifically as well in terms of dealing with isolation and the lack of access to possible medical treatment or community support that might be resulting um, as a result of these these quite strict guidelines that are in place. And it would be great to hear what kind of things Brain Injury Canada is doing at the moment uh, to address these kinds of issues. Sure. Uh, well, there's a lot to cover there. Uh, so, as you mentioned, you know, this is a whole, these are unprecedented times. Um, and for many people in Canada, this is, they've never experienced anything like this. But as you also said, that for people living with brain injury, this is not all that uncommon to be isolated. Um, the physical, the sensory, uh, emotional issues, fatigue, make it challenging for those with brain injury to, to participate in everyday society. Um, and not to mention, you know, there's physical barriers as well. Um, so for many people living with acquired brain injury, isolation is an everyday challenge. Um, it can be stressful and lonely. And now, you know, the general public is seeing what it feels like for, for what it feels like to live like that. Um, so the world is, we're all shifting and trying to stabilize and, and move everything to virtual. Um, so there's lots of, you know, community associations that are moving their programs online, whether they're having virtual support groups. Um, they're doing, you know, have increasing their phone lines, um, you know, that, that in-person phone support um, or the peer mentoring. They're increasing those. Um, but that's still a bit of a challenge for those with brain injury because of the sensory issues. Computers, online access, is it, it can be a challenge in the cognitive fatigue, um, the visual issues. So it's not quite a solution. Um, and yes, the, the people who had consistent physiotherapy or occupational therapy or had were going to centers um, or had people coming into their home, you know, not really wanting to, you know, put themselves at risk uh, by having people come into their home who might be carrying the virus. But does, you know, the, the, does that outweigh the need to continue with their treatment? Um, so, you know, working, people need to work with their service providers to ensure that they're taking the necessary precautions. If there is ways to do it virtually, um, we know that people with brain injury, um, have an increase, many have compromised immune systems. Um, so they're at a higher increased risk for, you know, for the virus, um, and for, uh, poorer outcomes or, or, um, so it's you know it's working with the service providers, looking at in the individual situation, not looking at the group as a whole of how can we solve this for everyone, but each person um, has their own situation, and so looking at it from that context. Um, and then I think it also should be appreciated and understood that in whenever a few weeks, a few months, I think it's probably more likely a few months when this social isolation or physical distancing 
um, is not a problem and we move back into more normal um, participation, that we don't forget um, that you know, those with brain injury can't be left behind. We've, we've experienced what it feels like for those. So let's be better as a society going forward to make sure that they're not feeling isolated. And just because we're all allowed to go out again, but we need to make sure that they feel participated, engaged and valued in their, in their communities. So it's, it's, there's a lot to cover there. And, but each person has their own situation. So I think that can't be emphasized enough that it needs to be looked at their own personal context. Great. Then I still have a question kind of following up to that. Uh, when people do, when we, everyone does get back to you know, normal as normal can be, but normal situation. In the meantime, what are, do you have any uh, coping mechanisms that for people in general and for specifically for people with brain injury, coping mechanisms for so self-isolation now or physical distancing now that people can use? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it's, you know, there's a huge mental health component to this. Um, and there, you know, it's the isolation, fear, anxiety, um, and the unknown of how long this will go on and what the world will look like when, when this is over. Um, so it's important that people take care of themselves, um, whether you have a brain injury, whether you don't have a brain injury. Um, so there's a few things that people can do. Um, and one of them is, take breaks from watching the news. It's, you know, the CTV has a whole, it's a, you know, 24 hour news channel, CNN in the US. There's, it's every, if you go onto any news station, the top 10 stories are about COVID-19 or yeah. coronavirus or the pandemic. So take, we need to take breaks from that. It's not good for us to, to fixate. And, you know, it's, it's important to stay informed, but not to the point of being completely overwhelmed by the situation. Um, and it's also important to get your information from the proper sources. I can't emphasize that enough. There's a lot of fear mongering, so that can lead to more anxiety um, and, and fear. Um, so it's crucial to get information from reputable sources, such as Public Health uh, Agency of Canada, um, the World Health Organization, the Center for Disease, Disease Control in the U.S., um, so also make sure you're eating healthily. Uh, so a good balance of fruits, vegetables, carbs, and proteins. Um, it's easy to just fall into that. Uh, you know, I'm stuck inside, I'm in front of the TV and I'm going to eat chips and, and whatever other carb, but it's really not good for us. And it's not good for our bodies and our, or our mental health. Um, it's also important to get some exercise every day. Um, so doing it, to your ability. So it, some people may have been used to going to the gym or going to meet with their physical therapist or, you know, for exercise. So you can still go out for a walk as long as you uh, practice a social, like appropriate uh, physical distancing. Um, and there's lots of low impact workouts online. Um, so, but I think it's also emphasized for those brain injury, you need to make sure that you're not doing more than you can handle physically. Um, or for, you know, that will further worsen or aggravate your symptoms. Um, and another really important, be social. And for those who have sensory issues and can't be online for long periods of time, this can be a challenge. But FaceTime, Zoom, house party, there's so many options to keep you connected. So even if it's, you, you know, you're only able to do 10 minutes, talk to someone online for 10 minutes, see a friendly face um, and joke. And don't talk about the pandemic, talk about whatever, your pets, your, you know, a TV show you watched, but you know, keep, keep that social, um, co contact open. Um, and then try to create some structure for the day. Uh, it's easy to lose all semblance of routine, um, but routine helps us maintain 
uh, good mental health. I know with my kids, we're trying to create a structure because if we don't, then they just go from TV to device to to a nap. And so we're trying to fit in time so that they can look at the clock and go, okay, it's 10 o'clock. I'm supposed to be you know, doing, going to play basketball outside or, you know, doing whatever. I'm going to do some art, an art project. So I think we all need routine to keep, to keep us structured. Um, but it's good for our, our, our mental health and our brains. And then also for those, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to anyone. If you are feeling sad and lonely, reach out to a loved one, a friend, or for those with brain injury, there's your, your local brain injury association. Many are taking calls now doing one-on-one support. Um, they've set up support groups online. So it's people shouldn't feel afraid to reach out. This is hard on everyone. So there should be no, you know, there should be no stigma around saying I'm, 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 I've got cabin fever. I'm feeling anxious. Um, reach out to people that can help you through it. That's great. Um, so it's a lot, there's a lot of things that you can do inside, but it's easy to just sit. Um, so people really have to try and motivate themselves and motivate each other. Yeah. And I think I've seen on um, Brain Injury Canada that um, you guys have set up some some stuff where people can engage directly. Would you be able to talk a bit, bit about that? I think I've seen there's a, a challenge schedule and some social media related community stuff. Yeah, well, we, you know, we found um, at the start of this that there was, you know, lots of people were offering, you know, online things. And so what we did is we put together um, a, a 30 activities that you can do to we sort of consolidated all that stuff that was we were seeing on social media. Um, so it, it covers things like, you know, education, cooking. Um, so it's a list of, you can find it on our website, braininjurycanada.ca. There's a whole COVID section, um, or corona, COVID-19 coronavirus section on our homepage um, that has information um, that about different activities. And you can tour art galleries. But what we did is we took all this information and consolidated it into one place. Uh, we're continually adding to it for people um, so that they can go and look for a new, you know, a new, a new activity every day. Um, but then you also mentioned uh, the challenge. So we've launched a weekly challenge to help people look for ways to get involved while at home. So this week is a new recipe challenge. Uh, and we are encouraging people to try something new. Last night, I tried to make rolls and forgot to add the yeast. Oh, so you. we had little dough balls. <laughs> Um, I was going to take a photo and post it on art, but I was embarrassed for (laughs) for getting the the, probably the most essential. Um, But we're really trying to engage people. So, you know, if you do a recipe, tag us um, on Facebook or Twitter uh, and we'll we'll share it. We shared a picture yesterday of a of a group. Do you have a a, a hashtag people can tag you with? Uh, we, I, uh, it's it's hashtag together apart is what we're using. Um, and, uh, and, and, um, our Twitter thing is at brain injury underscore can. Um, so, and our, that people can find our Twitter, our Facebook and our Twitter on our website. Um, but we're really trying to engage people, uh, with others to, we're all in this together. So let's all share what each other's doing and have a little bit of a laugh. Um, and, uh, and so we're doing that every week for the next 12 weeks. And so even if this clears up, we still want to engage people. Um, so we're also continuing to foster collaboration with other brain injury associations. So there's so much fabulous work that they're doing. So we're really trying to share what they're doing, create sort of a network of, uh, of activity and cohesion um, across Canada so uh, people can connect with us, but then also connect with their local brain injury association. 
That's brilliant. So um, it's interesting you talked a bit about the community and um, expanding in terms of yeah connection with other brain injury associations, but also the fact that this period of time is a very interesting one for people who are living with brain injury. I know from my own perspective, I can say that um, seeing other people who have not lived with injury or disability or chronic illness now recognizing the kinds of things that uh, the kinds of ways that life is like when you are dealing with this kind of stuff is a very interesting uh, experience it creates a certain um, sense of solidarity which I think is really important for um, I mean it makes you feel as someone who is recovering from brain injury or who's living with brain injury as though people are understanding your situation more and um, I think this kind of situation can help us as a community raise awareness um, not only within the community but also to others outside the community so that they can understand more about what it's like to live with brain injury, chronic illness or disability. Um, so I wondered if you could talk about that kind of outreach and, and the how this situation could you know, lead to the good of, of, of actually hope, hopefully fostering the messages and the awareness that associations like yours are trying to do. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yeah, I think, you know, take using this as an opportunity to educate in a positive way. So instead of saying how you now see how we feel, say this is what the this is what our everyday life is like for someone living with a brain injury. So at using this as an opportunity to educate so that when we come out of this, we're more aware as a, a society. Um, and it's, it's not just brain injury, it's just disability in general, as you mentioned, chronic illness. Um, so how can we use this learning to affect change uh, in society? And so I know that there's lots of research being done, but there's also lots of research around or um, proposals that I've seen going in about for in the future, how can we, um, because this may not be the, the, you know, the last pandemic, um, 
I'm not a future uh, fortune teller, but (laughs) from what I've been reading. um, So how can we better prepare um, in the future and use these learnings to affect change so that, first of all, people with brain injury and other chronic uh, illness and disability don't feel segregated from society going forward? But then how also can we prepare um, those, you know, for the future if this happens again? Um, one of the things that I do want to touch on is um, is this the, the invisible nature of brain injury. Um, so we've been hearing lots about seniors being able to go to the grocery stores, um, you know, an hour earlier than opening. They have seniors hours. Uh, but many people with brain injury, as I mentioned, also have compromised immune systems. Um, so they should be able to take advantage of these uh, you know, these calming, you know, lower, um, decreased population hours. Um, it's also the sensory overload of being in a grocery store. Uh, there's lights, there's, you know, lots of people. There's a very formula. Some grocery stores have very rigid um, rules now, but then there's some where it's still a very, it's still very busy for social distancing, but, or physical distancing. Um, so, you know, being aware that there's an invisible nature to some disabilities and accommodating that. So, you know, if people need to call your grocery store ahead of a time and explain your situation and say, I have a brain injury, I I, need, I, I have a compromised immune system, can I come during seniors hours, um, order online um, or ask a family member, a friend to, you know, to order your groceries. But using this to, as an opportunity to educate about the invisible nature of brain injury and other disabilities, I think is really important. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I totally completely agree, obviously. Um I liked your point earlier about also about making sure you stay social. I know it's just called physical distancing, which people have taken to be social distancing, but it's just physical. And uh, just try to stay in touch with people the best you can using technology now we have available. And uh, for example, on note tomorrow, um, um, so actually on episode 58, I talked to talked to Brangie McGill Concussion Montreal, which is McGill's concussion group. And I spoke at their concussion, or I talked, I was at their concussion group meeting last week, and then this week, or two weeks ago, this, yeah, two weeks ago, little, last week, sorry. And uh, this week, I'll be, tomorrow, I'll be speaking, which is Thursday, April 2nd, I'll be speaking at, to the group of the concussion, Montreal, McGill's concussion group, uh, support meeting tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. And, uh, yeah, it's like the idea of staying social. And, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask you something else about, uh, oh, yeah, about it. So in terms of in terms of that, I know you're obviously speaking out about this. And, and uh, what kind of uh, questions or issues are raised with you as in uh, in terms of emails you, emails you get or your, your emails or hear from major people? Or brings organizations around the country, brings you kind of what kind of uh, what kind of people, what kind of what are you hearing about uh, now the, about just social distancing, physical distancing, that whole thing? Like, are you getting any sort of feedback about how this? Oh, you know, this, about how difficult it is, or yeah, I think well, some of the questions that we've been getting have been around. Um, having care providers come into homes and the precautions around that. Um, and I think it's also that people need to understand that this, you know, th- 
it's only been about three weeks um, since the, the, the more stringent uh, social physical distancing rules went into place. So a lot of organizations um, that offer in-home care service have had to stabilize and sort of really shift gears and figure out how can they offer, offer the same level of service um, from a distance. And so I think we, we need to be patient um, while these companies sort of you know, shift gears, figure out how to offer the same services. Um, so, and then also use protective gear, um, educate their staff about how to appropriately um, interact with their clients in their home, how to, and proper um, protective equipment, but then also washing hands and, and, and contacting. And then also people need to understand how to disinfect after someone leaves. So how to, you know, you disinfect the door, you disinfect. Um, so, you know, what we've been telling people is if, if you have some concerns um, about having people into your home, talk to the care provider, talk to, you know, the organization, um, educate yourself on proper uh, disinfecting techniques. Um, so Public Health Agency of Canada has lots of information. Um, we've released an article sort of explaining, um, you know, putting COVID-19 into plain language. There's <laughs> There's a lot of really technical terms, uh, you know, flatten the curve seems to be, you know, the new buzzword, um, which is really important, but it's not a, you know, we need to understand what that actually means. So we created an article that sort of was an FAQ, a frequently asked questions about COVID, because that's what we've also been getting um, is some questions about where can I find funding? Um, so we're trying to share resources that have already been established. Uh, there was a professor at, you know, at uh, Carleton University that released a plain language uh, breakdown of the all the government subsidies that are now available due to this pandemic. Um, so and puts in a you know plain language uh, so and and questions or sort of situations. Um, I'm a mother. Uh, I can no longer work. Um, and I have, and my kids are at home. What subsidies are, are available to me? Um, so she, this professor, really puts it into context for uh, for people. Um, and then the other questions that we've been getting is, what's you know, what does this mean for us? And so what we've been saying to people is, contact your local brain injury association. Um, see what services are being offered. Um, a lot are you know increasing their online presence um, to be able to continue to offer supports and services. Um, so they're doing webinars, they're doing online support groups. So really trying to connect people with their local association um, because they're the feet on the grounds in Canada. Um, so, you know, the questions have been, I think, uh, you know, we're not Public Health Canada, so we're not able to answer medical questions or, but we try to be a connector and connect people to information and resources within their community. Um, so it's, uh, um, but I can't speak to what other associations, what the questions they're getting, um, but, uh, I'm sure they're getting a lot of similar calls, um, about, you know, lack of services. Um, but this, it's, 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 this is an unprecedented situation. Um, so we sort of have to be patient while we stabilize, um, and, and figure out our way through if this is going to last for months. really is, yeah. And, uh, so... Well, thank that was, I mean, that was definitely very inclusive of all the topics. And I don't want to kind of hog uh, Charlotte's, Charlotte's we're agreed to all questions. And uh, I don't know if Charlotte wants to ask the next question. 
I think, um, yeah, it would just be great to, Michelle, thanks so much for covering so many interesting topics. There's there's obviously a lot even within that that we, that we could delve a lot deeper into, but you've given us a really good overview of what um, you can do when you, you know, as someone who's listening to this, who has a brain injury, um, perhaps also as a carer who might be looking to get uh, support or go find different routes for new means of of getting the things that that people really need right now so I guess Michelle just to kind of finish off it would be great if you had any sort of final words of advice or words of wisdom for people with brain injury um just kind of your main message to to bring across to people yeah well you know this does seem like a very dark and scary time but we do have to look at the positives so we live in a time where technology and social media can keep us connected Um, We can still get outside and holler and shout at our neighbor across the street. Mm. Um, We are able to, we are not running out of toilet paper. Um, But we can get family and friends to, to, you know, to, to pick up groceries or count on family and friends to pick up the phone and check in and see if people are okay. Um, and, And, you know, the globe has really come together with this, you know, looking at the positive of, you know, how this isn't just happening to one country. It did feel back in January where this was just mm. happening in China, but it is all, I think it's the count today is 180 countries. So there's very few spots on the earth that is not touched by this. Yeah. Um, so this will create change. Um, and I think we really have to look at, you know, the positives of, we always say to, you know, our kids look to the helpers. So we can look at those that are helping us, the nurses and doctors, um, that are, you know, the grocery store workers, they're essential workers now. Um, someone working at Walmart, you know, we, we can place importance on so many people on this. Um, and, you know, for those with brain injury, stay connected. There are activities. We're going to be um, doing a video challenge. We want to hear from people with brain injuries. So we're going to be, we'll, we'll launch it on our social media. But we really want to show that, you know, this isn't getting the brain injury community down. We're connected. We're So how are people with brain injury coping with this? So whether it's, you know, that playing with their animals more or whatever they do from home, doing a puzzle, or we want to know that, um, you know, this is, this is together apart and this is happening across Canada, but we're all still in this together. Um, so, and, you know, I think for everyone, this will pass. We just have to be patient um, and be there for each other any way we can. Um, and right now, the best way we can do that is by staying home um, and, and, you know, keeping, making sure that no one's forgotten in this. And I think that has to be the outcome after this, that we don't leave people behind once we are all able to move on, that we're making sure that those with brain injury and other disabilities continue to feel value, uh, supported and engaged by their communities. Great. No, I, th- I think that's an excellent point that just because hopefully one thing that comes out of this is that just because you don't see people, don't, you don't forget about them, people that are still, there's still issues just because you don't see people. There's still, there's still, um, uh, you know, something, something to be taken from that. Just as that they are still there and they do still have issues they're dealing with, just as you don't see them every day. But um, you're mentioning the uh, all the uh, social, all the uh, social media accounts and uh, and activities that are available. So, would you like to just mention your, not your personally, but Brian Jacinda's social media accounts and and any any other accounts or any other social media online activities that people should look at? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, ours are, we have Facebook. Um, it's Brain Injury Canada. We also have Twitter. Um, so at Brain Injury underscore can. Um, and uh, we also have LinkedIn. Um, and so we'll be sharing as much as we can other, you know, I don't want to name just a few, um, you know, the, the associations because that would, you know, there, there's so many that are doing great work. So I don't want to just highlight a few. So, but what we're trying to do on our social media is share what everyone's doing. So if people come to ours, we have the Cross Canada snapshot and we're trying to show, you know, use tools that other people are, um, are using, you know, one of the associations is doing a, um, a webinar on fraud at this time there's lots of you know it's it's despicable that people are taking advantage of this situation um but how can how can we all learn what what are those situations those fraud um you know activities that are happening and how can we avoid them so that's not something that's just specific to um that community association that that information is important to all of canada so we'll be sharing that um once they post the recording so there's so much great work being done um, and we're our our goal for the next however long is to is to to share that as it relates to COVID. We always do this, but as it relates to COVID, how do we share that information and how do we share the supports that are happening that can benefit everyone? Um, and we'll be using the learnings from this in, in June as Brain Injury Awareness Month. Um, and so a lot of the you know a lot of the community associations do in person events, and we've all had to you know, shift gears and figure out how can we offer the same level of awareness um, online. So we're working together um, across Canada to to create an online campaign, um, but then also, you know, use this 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 topic of isolation um, now, but then also in the future, how do we create awareness of, okay, well, general public is, is isolated now, but this is what it's like for everyone, as we mentioned, or this is what it's like for those living with brain injury. So how can we decrease that in the future? So that'll be a topic of, uh, of brain injury awareness month in June as well. Right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. These are just, I mean, there's so much, like as Charlotte's mentioned before, so much, there's so much to unpack there and, uh, help people visit your website, your social media, your Facebook, your Twitter, LinkedIn, everything to Brain Injury Canada, and reach out to your own provincial, or regional, or city, or this organization. And uh, Brain Injury, if you have any issues, then please just find close to you and, and reach out and reach out to friends and family and people who maybe all help you. And uh, that's I think that's it for for me on the Charlotte. Do you have any other questions you'd like to ask? And in the meantime, also Charlotte, thank you so much for being a, a great co-host and. And probably better better host than me even, but uh, here. <laughs> thank, thanks so much, and uh, and thank you also, Michelle. And um, Michelle, I may have some other questions to ask. I'm not sure, but uh, no, I think I think uh, that was really great, Michelle. You've given us so much useful information, and yeah, as Nick said, people can um, continue to follow all the social media stuff and stuff and stay connected. Um, and all of this stuff will still apply when this is slowing down and when it's all over. So that's just something for everyone to bear in mind. So, yeah, thank you very, both very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, we're all in this together now and after. Um, but to you both, keep up the great work and stay healthy. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks a lot. And thank you, Charlie. Charlie. Not Charlie. Charlie. You like Charlie better than Charlie, don't you? Okay. Thanks. Well, thanks both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As mentioned, you can find Brain Energy Canada online on the website 
and that on the social media accounts. And if you're not in Canada, or if you, if you are, please visit your own local brain injury community organization. And if you're looking for other information, please visit your national organization who may have information for you. You can visit me online at concussiontalk.com or go to my social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at concussiontalk. As always, music at the beginning of this show is by Ben Sound, www.bensound.com. 